Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. And even yet, when we position God as our enemy, God does not position himself as our enemy and is willing to die for us. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book. There you go. 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> Today, we're looking at Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Uh, yeah, I just want to note that uh, I really like the subtle, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like a creature of habit. I'm like, I feel like if I'm watching this show, I'm saying the same thing you're saying every time. Uh, you know how people have that trademark or whatever and you just kind of repeat it? Sure. Like you're, you're just you're making that hard. There's people like you watching it, and then there's people like me Ooh. who are like, "Nah, I'm with Jonathan on this one." Oh yeah? yeah. How many how many do you think are out there that are more like you versus more like me? You know what? We're taking a poll. <laughs> We're taking a poll. Make sure you leave some comments. Tell us if you're with me, where it can be any preposition in, by, with, around the text, or if you're with Justin. All right. Team Jonathan, any preposition. <laughs> the sad thing is that we're going to film this entire book, 60-plus episodes, before we actually know what the answer is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but don't worry. We're going to be doing this not only through Romans. The idea is that we're going to be doing this through other books of the Bible as well, God willing. Yeah. Um, so we'll be able to, to, to know and gauge feedback by the yeah. time we start our next book. There you go. So today's episode. Romans 6. 5 verses 6 through 11. Romans 5 verses 6 through 11. And the question has to be, have you read it? Did you read it? Did you? Is it? Now, see, now I'm see, I'm messing up the people who know the question. Ah, it's, go read it. We're waiting for it. you right here. Ten minutes on the clock, y'all. Three, two, one. Let's go. So there is a word here that captures my attention and it's right at the beginning for while we were still we ah 
And what that, kind of weakness is, is that? Exactly. So, so Paul, I think here, is responding to the sentiment that most of us have when we encounter the gospel for the first time, mm-hmm. or maybe even the second or third or fourth mm-hmm. or however many times, where we see the goodness of God, the policeman giving the $100 even though you messed up and mm-hmm. still giving you the thumbs up. We say there's no way that God could be that good because that grace looks very, very cheap. Mm-hmm. We talked about them in the last one to go check it out. Mm-hmm. But there's still this sense that while I see it on the page, I respond to it viscerally like, no, nah, that, that, there's no way. Mm-hmm. There's no way God is that good. Mm-hmm. And I see him responding to this like, yeah, he is. Let me tell you how I know mm-hmm. this. Because while we were still weak. Weak. And I think there's a double entendre here maybe at least that this weakness is a weakness of both mind and body. Mm-hmm. And that weakness of mind is a weakness of mind that although we have a sense of the conscious, right? Like what's right, like a clean conscious. But the inability to, to, to live accordingly. The inability to live accordingly, but also the absence of knowing what the fullness of righteousness actually looks like, hence why it has to be revealed. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So on two fronts in the mind, one, we can not actually accomplish that which we'd like to. And two, the absence of the knowledge of what the fullness of righteousness looks like. So it lends itself over to the body that then the body can't perform that which the mind can even conceive. So that the mind can conceive these good meaning, uh, well-meaning acts the body still at times rebels in these fits and rages and, you know, it, it happens to us. We mean to do good, but, yeah, right? We're weak. We're weak. We're weak. We're weak. Another word to translate it, I think, is um, vulnerable. Oh. There's a vulnerability to us that hasn't shored up what the heart of righteousness is and how to actually steward these bodies according to that truth. Mm-hmm. And then what's so interesting is that then you have the incarnation where God comes in, in the person of Jesus, and in aligning himself with our weakness, manifests a strength that we didn't know was even maybe possible. Why? Paul makes this, for one would scarcely die for a righteous person what he means is like yeah a righteous person somebody's good like ah, man that guy he doesn't deserve to die man i'm, I'm a low life and you know it rises up and i i will or maybe even perhaps for a good person one might dare to die but god shows his love for us that while we were still sinners christ died for us and he goes on to say that while we were his enemies mm-hmm. we were contrary to him Mm-hmm. Right. And this is the weakness being manifest in that we're sinners, we're enemies, knowing sometimes a sense of conscience like uh, and we still can't accomplish it so that we're contra God. And even yet, when we position God as our enemy, God does not position himself as our enemy and is willing to die for us. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. There's this repetition of this phrase, much more, much more, much more or more than that. I see this as as a really cool... So here's the way I look at it. Initially, before the cross, here's God, 
and here we are on two separate sides of this uh-huh. chasm, is I think the language that the text uses, yes. right? We're so far apart. And then we were reconciled together in Christ at the cross. Yeah. And there are times where I see the goodness of God being poured out on my behalf. And, I st- and then I look inwardly and I see my stumbling and my falling. And then I think maybe all of God's goodness was poured out at the cross. And that there might not be any left over for me today. And because I'm not living up to the standard that I'm, I need to be living up to, I might be now rejected. But what I see him saying is much more. It's like, no, no, look, listen, God's goodness hasn't run out or expired. If God was good while you were that far apart and now you are reconciled, do you think that he's just going to give up? Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's already fully invested. Yeah. Why would he abandon you yeah, now? Yeah. If he was this good while you were his enemy. And now you're not his enemy. And now you're not his enemy because you're reconciled. He's going to be much better. What's so fascinating is how we're reconciled. It's through his blood. Mm -hmm. And this is back to the incarnation language or the incarnation idea is that Bible has this idea that. Sorry, incarnation? Or are you meaning crucifixion? No, no, no. Incarnation. Okay. Where uh, God becomes man. Sure. Right? The incarnation that in the blood is the life of the individual. Right? And that. God actually spills his blood for our sake, but his life can never be overcome so that the blood that he spills and the blood that runs through him speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, Hmm. which is what will be said in the book of Hebrews. What does that mean? When Abel was murdered by Cain, the blood cried out in vengeance. When Jesus is murdered by Israel, His blood cries out in reconciliation. And since his blood cries out in reconciliation in his death, how much more does his blood now that runs through him cry out in a salvation that is even more sure than the initial cry of reconciliation when we killed him? Mm -hmm. And that you and I, in believing in the blood, and this is the imagery of the the, the Bible. You see this all the way um, from... Exodus, yeah. when the blood is put over the doorpost and you get to walk in, you're in the home and the angel of death passes over you. Or where the children of Israel, Israel, <laughs> the children of Israel had the blood sprinkled on them. Moses, when he, mm-hmm. you know, they, they ratify the covenant. Mm-hmm. Why? They're receiving this blood covenant or even Abraham in Genesis 15, when that blood walk, I don't know if you're familiar with the blood walk, but go read it or check out Ray Vandaland, the blood walk. Genesis 15, that this covenant is being cut according to the blood so that if the covenant is broken, blood is spilt. Abel's blood was spilt. The lamb in the book of Exodus was spilt. Uh, More blood was spilt for the people to receive the covenant when Moses sprinkles it on them. But now this blood that has spilt is not a blood that testifies in death, but a blood that testifies in life. And how much more will this blood speak to our lives and our security in him. God is that good. Yeah, he really is. So what is the, what is the end result of that? How, how does that affect us or how should it affect us according to this text? I love uh, one of my, another favorite preacher of mine. Um, I heard him say, you know, Todd White, this, just this respect Godfidence. Godfidence. Godfidence, man. It's not just confidence, but it's Godfidence. Because confidence is like, oh, I'm confident in who I am. 
Yeah, but, yeah. but that's definitely not what God's called us oh. to. We don't have to have confidence. I mean, who cares about what uh, what we do, what we accomplish? It has nothing to do with that. Sure, but it's confidence in what He has accomplished, right. and that in my in in that confidence in God, confidence, my faith matures and grows, right? Mm-hmm. So that now I have a single way to look at life, so that I can endure suffering, mm-hmm. that I can hope against expectation, that I can have a faith that's solidly solidly based on a revelation that came apart from the law and that I can have a confidence in a gospel that testifies this good thing over my life, whether I be Jew or I be Gentile. Yeah. And this isn't something that we're chasing. This isn't some future event to happen along the horizon. It says more than that, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. It's a present reality because something happened in the past. There's nothing future tense about this experience. There's nothing future tense about this reconciliation, nothing future tense about our confidence or our joy or our peace. It's not dependent upon tomorrow or what you will become. It's dependent upon who God has always been and what Jesus has done on the cross. Therefore, we can live in this reality today. And this is where the old-timey preacher is going to say, we can trust in the blood yeah receive the blood yeah it's all about the blood that blood mm-hmm. speaks a better word and we have that confidence because that blood has been spilt and not only has that blood been spilt but now that blood runs through the veins of a living resurrected savior and if that blood is alive and we receive that blood how much more is the salvation that we now have how much more i love that that's actually a question i think that is really cool to ask how much more does God have for me? Because sometimes I think like I'm at the limits, but there's more. Like what I'm currently experiencing is just but a fraction of what God has promised and is what he's wanting to give. Awesome. Awesome. Cool, y'all. Well, that was 10 minutes on the dot. As we were vibing with in the book. I have to look at my notes because I don't know what the the correct word is. Love it. (laughs) We will see y'all in the next 10 minutes. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you haven't yet, and join this party as we move through. Book. Whatever it is, man. You know. You know, guys.